Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Vivoli, Staff Actuary, Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Today, we'll be talking about a recent CIA survey that examined how Canadian actuaries reflect climate risks in their work. To discuss the results of the survey, we are joined by Christine Bisson-Roberge, who is a member of the CIA's Climate Change and Sustainability Committee. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. So to start off, maybe just recap for us the overall goals of this survey. What information were you hoping to gather by conducting this? Sure. So we released the survey to the CIA members uh, last summer, so at the summer of 2019. And the main goal was to identify existing gaps and opportunities related to climate change in the work of the Canadian actuary. We also wanted and directly to raise awareness on climate change and environmental sustainability subjects. So the question of the survey were mostly about two topics. The first one was that we wanted to assess the level of climate change awareness among actuaries and also in their respective companies. So a lot of the questions were about the current processes used to reflect climate change risk in the companies. And the other subject was that we also wanted to get better understanding of what our members desire were in terms of information or guidance that could come from the CIA regarding the risk of climate change. So how many CIA members responded to the survey? And can you tell us anything about the demographics of this group? Were they targeted to do the survey or was any CIA member able to fill it out if they wanted? No, any member could fill it. We received over 100 complete responses to the survey, so we were very happy about that. A quarter of the people who responded were working in the property and casualty field. Another quarter were working in pensions, and 80% were working in life insurance. Those with over 20 years of experience in the actual fields were more common, with 42% of the respondents. And we also had 36% of the respondents who had 10 years or fewer years of experience, so we can assume those are younger actuaries. And what were some of the key findings from the survey? The main finding for us was that only 29% of actuaries or their companies would account for risk from climate change in their work. So not surprisingly, of the respondents that did say that they were accounting for climate change, 62% work in the PNC field, 37% work in investment, and 35% work in enterprise risk management. So here I'll just add that, uh, of course, uh, respondents could pick up more than one uh, answer, so that's why it adds up to more than 100%. And we also know already that the extreme weather events are affecting the PNC industry more, so it makes sense that the climate change considerations would play a bigger role in the actual work of that practice area. So I think a lot of us understand how climate can certainly affect property and casualty insurance since they insure against losses from weather events. Maybe less obvious what the impact is on life insurance or pensions. Did the survey provide any insights into how these practice areas look at climate risks? Unfortunately, the questions of this survey were not precise enough for us to assess how the other areas of practice outside of PNC are viewing climate risk. But as you mentioned, for PNC insurance, we can deduct that there is a bit more urgency on their side to act as they can probably feel the impact of climate change already if there's an increase in frequency or intensity of weather events. And so that would lead to more claims for them. So in Canada, we can think of, for example, uh, more intense floods or wildfires or on the East Coast, windstorms or hurricanes. There's also the people who are working in the investment field that might feel the impact as well. We've already seen an increase in investors that integrate the environmental, social, and governance 
principles. So those are the ESG principles, and they do uh, use that more in their choice of investments. We have also seen some news saying that uh, reinsurers or insurers have spoken about their intentions of no longer investing into the coal industry and or also limit their assets in fossil energy. So as the market changes and as we'll lean toward a more low carbon economy, we might see also some stranded assets, which would be assets that will suffer from unanticipated or premature write downs or devaluations. Finally, if we talk about the life insurance and the pension fields as well, they too might feel more concerned for now about the investment side as the effect of the climate change might be felt on a longer time horizon in their cases. But in certain instances, we've already seen some company getting interested in how this could affect the health of their clients. And so what would be the impact on their mortality or morbidity assumptions? So on the short term, we can think of events such as bad hair quality or heat waves, or could be as well the mental effect of the catastrophes. Those are items that they would definitely keep on their radar. Over 70% of the respondents indicated that they do not account for climate risks. Were you able to determine the reasons for that, and is there a correlation with practice area? So while no question asked directly why the respondents or its employer did not account for climate change risk in its business, there was a question with respect to the task force on climate-related financial disclosure, which is also known as the TCFD. The TCFD released a framework for organizations to disclose in their financial reporting how they manage climate change risk and opportunities. So a company that adopted some of the TCFD's recommendation would certainly be on the right track when it comes to accounting for climate change. So what we did is we asked the respondents when their company might begin to implement those recommendations, and if they did not plan to do so, what were the reasons for it? And in most cases, in 51% of the cases, respondents who do not account for climate change risk indicated that they were unsure why their company um, had no plans for implementing it. So then we turned to other respondents and 24% of them say that climate change was not viewed as a material risk that would impact their company. And finally, the rest of the respondents answered range from uncertainty on how the TCFD would apply to their specific company. And they were also stating that it was not required to adapt the recommendations or that it would be a waste of time for them. So from all of this, I guess that what we can take away from the results is that there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to climate change. And we're hoping that as more information and data emerges, it should be easier for companies to confirm whether or not it would be a material risk for them. And we're also hoping that less actuaries would be left wondering why their company is not adopting the TCFD recommendations. So again, as we mentioned, some area of practice, the risk is already manifesting itself. We mentioned earlier that a lot of respondents that do account for climate change are working in the PNC insurance field. And the ratio of um, correspondents who work in the PNC field is certainly higher than if we were looking at life insurance or the actual evidence fields, for example. But we have to be careful with those results because the survey does not provide direct information on the areas of practice of the people who do not account for climate change risk in their work. You were able to get feedback on the type of guidance or information that the CIA could provide to members in this area. Can you let us know what some of the more popular suggestions were? Yes, this was probably the most interesting part of this survey for us, as it will help us determine what our next steps should be in terms of priorities for our members. So the top three suggestions 
for guidance for building climate change scenarios that came from half of the respondents. Then another half of the respondents wanted information on the fundamentals of climate change. And finally, 46% of the respondents said that it would like links to important research. So this really sends us a clear message that our members are looking for guidance and we will definitely aim to provide some of it by the end of 2020. What action plans does the Climate Change and Sustainability Committee have as a result of this survey? We have thought of various ways that we could provide climate change education to the CIA's members. So in 2020, we will be using various mediums of communication to provide content to the members. So we're thinking of articles, various presentations at actual events or conferences. We are also redoing our resource page so that it'll be easier for members to find information, research, and uh, reports. And we're also thinking of doing podcasts, webinars, and seminars. So we do aim to educate on the impact and the risk of climate change for all areas of practice, but we will also be discussing specific subjects such as the impact on mortality or investment, ERM or PNC risk. Then we have also included some climate change material as part of the CIA syllabus to increase the awareness and education on this topic. And so what we've seen is that the survey indicates a lack of understanding and application of the impact of the risk of climate change in all actuarial practices. So it is really a top priority to develop actuarial guidance. So beginning 2020, we will be working on coming up with pension, investment, PNC, and stress and scenario testing guidances, because those are the areas of practices that are in line with what the survey revealed as our members' priority. Very good. So thanks once again for taking the time to share these results with us today. Thank you so much. All right. The survey results can be found on the CIA website. I'm Chris Pivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.